Hello friends and welcome back to the first episode of season two of Football Friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sam and uh, as always I have Justin with me. We're, uh, we're a Premier League podcast focusing on Spurs and Liverpool but also going over uh, all the uh, major talking points and a review of all the games. Um, we're pretty excited to be renewed for a second season aren't we Justin? We're very excited. You, you might not be hearing it. Through the uh, through the speakers here, as I'm currently uh, well, recording from a, a house full of asleep people over in NZ, <laughs> so yep, ignore ignore the uh, the quietness in the voice. But I'm very excited to be back, Sam. It's it's almost here. Premier League's almost back. It is. It is. And uh, I mean, they probably were asleep, but now they can hear that football friends has uh, has started back up. They're probably awake and excited. Live audience shortly, won't I? <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, so, yeah, listeners, if you uh, if you like the show, uh, make sure you give us a review and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and you can also find us on social media. We're both on, or we've got an account on on Twitter and on Instagram. So our Twitter handle is at underscore football friend and. Instagram is footballfriends underscore podcast. Um, and yeah, obviously, first episode back. We have a huge show tonight. So we'll be uh, covering off our two teams. For those of you who don't, who have just joined us for the first time, uh, I'm a massive Tottenham fan and, and Sam's a, a Liverpool supporter. So we'll be covering off our pre-seasons and summer signings. Um, also then going to pick the teams who we think have... Most impressed us over the summer transfer window and maybe least impressed us. Um, and some predictions for the season uh, that's coming up. Some who our, our title favourites are, top four, who are picking for relegation, maybe golden boot and, and signing of the season. And then, yeah, the infamous uh, weekly multi, which I think worked out to, to win a couple of hundred bucks Uh Last year for our listeners, we're going to start off with a big one. Um, obviously, no, all the preseason form goes out the window, so we're just going to yeah, <laughs> throw a Hail Mary pass right out there to start the season off. Mate, we started off right with that, Multi. I mean, there was a few crackers in there last year. Like you say, there's a few hundred one. Yeah, I think, well, we, we basically paid for itself over the over the case of one, one big weekend that we... I think won a, a thirty to one uh, multi, which basically pays for your whole season. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that big, but it's it's pretty big this week. Well, um, mate, we may as well start with the team that's actually made some signings this season, Spurs, which is obviously a complete contrast to last year. It must have been a uh, a nice feeling to see you'd actually sign someone. It must have been a weird feeling. Yeah, well, it all it all kind of got off with a bang with the, the signings of Tangai and Domble and and Jack Clark. Um, and it quite quite interesting that our, our first signing was Jack Clark, who we then just sent out on loan about five minutes later. Uh, <laughs> not signing anyone for three transfer windows, that's always good to do. <laughs> um, yeah, then Ndombele was announced a few hours after that, which was, which was great, breaking the record fee at about 60 million 55 million pounds um and look he's he's someone i I spoke about probably last season as someone we needed as the the dembele replacement Mm. but in 12 months later um yeah and excited to see what he he brings to the table um watched a little bit of the 
what's it called? Is it the IC trophy or <clears throat> um, whatever that kind of? Yeah, I think it might be that. They're playing over Asia and America is. And yeah, look, he, he does look pretty promising. I'm not expecting, you know, immediate domination um, from the get go this season, but right. Extra body um, in midfield is going to help, and yeah, I just think he'll he'll kind of I think have a bit of a season like your your navigators had last season. You know, they'll, they'll show their their value at times, but over they're not going to dominate 38 games straight. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's the the incoming side of things, and then on on the way out, it's it's actually been. Uh, majorly successful in that front too. Um, <laughs> I get the feeling that's based on one player. <laughs> and Vincent Jansen have been shipped off for around, uh, roughly about 30 mil for the two of those. So that's that's to be celebrated as a, a Spurs fan. Um, very glad to see them both gone, but also um, being able to, to get through the the weird uh, £25 million release clause period of uh, Alderweireld. So that's expired now. Mm. Um, and so he'll, he'll he'll see out his his final year and they may renegotiate for, for better terms and, and a new release clause. And then also um, on a similar, uh, similar vein with Christian Eriksen. It looks like he'll be sticking around now as well, um, which... Yeah, surprised me. I thought we'd be losing both those two going mm. into this seat. So to hold on to them, um, not so much a new signing, but a bit stronger uh, position than I thought we'd be. Um, Do you think if you're keeping yeah. if you're keeping Ericsson, that Los Elso is probably not coming from Real Betis? No, I think they they are going to sign one more midfielder. Um, they've got. Bruno Fernandes from Sporting Lisbon lined up as the backup to mm. Celso. Um, and he's a bit cheaper, um, a bit of a cheaper alternative. Um, mm. I do think that if a bid still came in late, um, we would sell Christian Eriksen and we'd probably sign the two of them. Mm. Um, mm. At this stage, it's going to be no one out with one of the two uh, coming in. So that looks likely in the next couple of days. And obviously, Ryan Sessegnon's the other one, mm. which I think Fulham has, has agreed to take Josh Onomar as part of the deal um, and sending Sessegnon the other way. Um, and, yeah, so there's still a bit to do. It's a little bit annoying that th- these deals aren't wrapped up prior to our final friendly. So these guys could get a little bit of time with the, the group. But, look, it's it's promising um, the squad's definitely stronger than it was this time last year, so it's always yeah. really ask. Um, but I guess there's potentially another couple moving out in terms of. I think Danny Rose has been linked to a move, and Kudu um, has always been linked to a move. Can't <laughs> uh, seem to find anyone to to take him off, but he actually showed a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about preseason form. Um, and maybe give give a couple of little uh, mentions to to some young players, and I guess he's he's twenty four, so it doesn't count as a young player. But he actually surprised me in which game was it? Um, 
He set up a goal for the brilliant cross for um, his name was Phil Lamella, who's who's probably been the form player of our preseason. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. So you know, maybe there's there's a spot for Nkudu in the squad. Um, look for some some random games or for some injury cover. Um, I was always impressed with him when he first came in and was getting games. He seemed to have speed about him, and yeah, he's got it. He whips the ball in pretty well, like from out wide. So he's he's got just something that we don't really have, we don't use. To be fair, now now yeah. which is why the the Zaha links were always a bit stupid. Um, but you know, every now and then you might want to throw on a winger and, and change the system. So look, he might he might stick around. He he was impressive, but for me, um, yeah, watching a few of these preseason games, I was actually really. Impressed with young seventeen-year-old Irish striker Troy Parrott. Um, yeah, okay. Been likened to to Rob, oh, the next Robbie Dublin, and next Robbie Keane. Um, <laughs> but his his physical play against you know men against you know they're not United caliber defenders anymore. I guess Smalling and Jones. But he, <laughs> he, held, he held his own in there physically. Against good to Irish. good to hear. Getting those United zings in ten minutes into our first episode back. <laughs> yeah, well, look at that. You're not going to have everyone uh, signing up to listen to our podcast, me, me singing the praises of a kid for holding his own against Smalling and Jones. So <laughs> it's not, not dubbing him for greatness. It's more, yeah, he's just able to play, I think, this season against, um, against men because he's probably going to get game time. Mm. Um, it's Lorente released at the end of his contract mm. we're not would we I don't think we'll be signing a striker at all so it'll be son Lucas as the kind of false nine type striker and then I think this kid uh, will get get his opportunities as the season goes on he looks ready um, and it's the other two that obviously had to had a lot of game time Kyle Walker Peters who will benefit from um, Obviously, Trippier going out, but also Juan Foyth, who played for Argentina at right back. He's he picked up an ankle injury in our um, second last or last friendly, so he'll be missing the start of the season. Mm. Serge Aurier picked up a hamstring injury at the African Nations Cup, so Walker Peters is the only right yeah, back we have. Yeah, thin on defence. Yeah, so he'll look. He, he's he's been promising every time I've seen him. So. I'm, Excited to see him giving a go. Um, like I say, Foyth will probably play over there as well. Do you think, I, I would have thought Foyth might even play there before Walker-Peters gets a go. Yeah, look, I think he I think he might, but at the, at the same, like the injury's going to hurt him. Mm. He's still learning the position. Um, and I guess it, a lot of it will depend on what's going on on the other side. I don't think Foyth and Davies can both start out wide together. They're just too similar. They can't really they don't have the pace to mm. or to offer any width. So yeah, I think Walker Peters will, will get his chance probably for the first three or four games to to bed that, that spot down and make it his own. But there's a little bit of competition there from Foyth and, and Oreo once he's back. Mm. Um and the other one that I'll I'll just give a bit of a shout out to is Oliver Skip, who you might remember got a bit of game time last season. He's yeah. popped up Looks a lot stronger. I think he, well, he's now 19 years old, so he's still still quite young. But um, 
I would be expecting him to also push on and, and probably um, another one that could be, there's a few rumours going around, could be on his way out is Victor Wanyama. Um, I think Skip could be, yeah, going past him in the pecking order very, well, if not now, at some point this season. So, so, so Skip becomes a permanent bench guy in, yeah. in the matchday squad. Yeah. Bit of a rotation in for, for certain games if Sissoko or yeah. Ndombele need a break. So, yeah, so I mean, what, yeah. what are you thinking in that midfield then? With Ndombele there, him, Sissoko, Winks? Uh, yeah, it's hard to, hard to say. Um, I'm thinking it'll be Ndombele Winks to to start with. Um, mm. They've gone with a bit of a midfield diamond at times, so it could be Ndombele Winks, Wanyama with Ericsson as mm. the... Yeah. Um, I think that's how we'll line up to start with. With, yeah, probably Lucas and, and Kane up front. I think Tom's suspended to start with. So, yeah, that would be my opening day prediction. It would be a diamond with, with those four. Um, and like I say, any new signing won't be won't be starting for a good couple of months. Mm. Mm. And, it, and so if you're going to give your, your pre-season a scoring out of 10? Uh, it's a solid 7. Like I said, mate, like I said before we started, you won a trophy. You got to be excited. Yeah, we got the Audi Cup against. Well, that was actually a pretty, pretty handy little uh, duo of games. We had Real Madrid and uh, Bayern Munich. So yeah, yeah, you can't can't knock that. It's two two wins out of two over the one penalty win in one of them. But yeah, look, it's a. It's one more trophy than, than we had this time last season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's more wins that we've managed all pre-season, so... <laughs> yeah, it's good form. So hopefully, yeah, we can take that into the opening day and just get in a bit of a bit of a momentum to start this season. Obviously, you had it last season, but it, it just felt a little fake mm. um, with the lack of signings and, and weakening of the squad and whatnot. Mm. Um yeah, if we can just get a bit of momentum with, you know, a strengthening squad and obviously the new stadium for, for a full season, it's it's pretty positive. Mm. Yeah, and um, I suppose the only place to finish off is on a potential, well, I think the media spun it as negative, which of course was Potch's comments about he's uh, should have his title change from manager to coach. Uh, before I even, I was just, I'd been thinking about this for a while, I think you'd I'd commented on something that you had said on Facebook about it being bad news. But after thinking about it, I was thinking that it would be pretty clever. If I mean, Potch has probably had the same question about signings all summer. Yeah. Sick of hearing it. He's probably just thinking, if I can tell these people I'm just a coach and I have nothing to do with the signings, then maybe they'll stop asking and leave him alone. And it's got nothing to do with him being annoyed or, or, or whatever with the signings. It could just be that he's hoping that the media get off his back about questioning him. It's it's an interesting one. So at the time, yeah, the initial thought and response from the media and, and a lot of fans, myself, is um, oh, this doesn't doesn't sound too promising. But mm. the more you look into it, and the more you hear follow up questioning from uh, friendly since and press conferences from training days and whatnot, it does seem like it was quite a, a tactical move mm. from him. Um, 
one, what you just said exactly. He doesn't want to talk about Danny Rose. He doesn't want to... Well, he, he said way back in his first English interviews with us was he doesn't ever talk about players from other teams. He doesn't want to talk about... Um, who else are we looking to say? Ericsson. So, yeah, it, it really it shoots that down that I'm just the coach. I'm not yeah. here to talk. The other thing it also does is just that little bit of media spin the next day and the fans buying into it. it, it it's got to at least tighten the screws a little bit on uh, Daniel Levity to get acting a little bit quicker too. So I think mm-hmm. he's played both off well. He's he's shut the media down with, don't ask me, I'm not involved. Yeah. Even though he is involved. And it's also like, well, this is going to bring a lot of pressure and not pressure, but... Um, yes, attention to the lack of work that the Levy's doing on signings. That might speed him up in, in these deals because it's not like we're being linked to too many new players. It's the same guys for last month. Maybe he's he's using that as a, come on, like speed this up a little bit there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's pretty smart. He's pretty calculated with what he... He does say in the transfer space, so yeah, look, it's not as, as bad, I guess, as it at first reads. Mm. Mm. Um, right, mate. Anything else you wanted to chat about? No, not really. It's been yeah, bit of a bit of a whirlwind recap, but it's that's what what you got to do, I guess, in this preseason. You can't take too much out of these friendlies that have about eight substitutions and played in 35-degree temperature in the middle of Asia. So, mm. yeah, we'll, we'll go a bit deeper as, as the season goes on. Um, and so you're thinking a Spurs victory at home over Villa then on the weekend? Uh-huh. I hope so. Um, <laughs> these sides that tend to come up, um, don't have the stats in front of me, but... They can they can surprise on the opening couple of days, so it won't be an easy one. But yeah, I'd be disappointed with anything but a victory. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably we'll probably talk about Villa a bit later on. But they it was funny, you know, early early in the transfer window, they were being praised for how precise they were being and what players they were buying and how it wasn't a Fulham, and then they end up signing another six or seven. So now they've got a dozen yeah. or so, and it just looks like they've really. Really gone crazy here, so I'm not. Wouldn't be surprised if you know they don't know who yeah. they're playing with and when they when they play you, and they may be even worse than when the season goes on. It's up to twelve players. Yeah, which is crazy. More than a whole new team. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Their their preseason form has been good. I think they um got a victory over Red Bull, one of the Red Bulls, either Leipzig or, or Salzburg, or mm. one. I think so. They'll be dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, you guys may as well talk about your stuttering preseason over there at Liverpool. Yeah, so Liverpool preseason and lack of summer signings. Um, to be honest, mate, I guess the first third or two thirds of the summer have been just glorious, uh, basking in the glow of being European champions. Um, sorry to put that out there, but obviously that's that's been that was pretty enjoyable. Um, so, so there's obviously that, and then I guess that may have been what sort of fed into the panic that, that some fans seem to have now, and to a degree, myself included, you know, um, it's not ideal losing your games constantly, um, but I, 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 I'm not too 
it, it's not so much the results that matter, particularly for us because we had so many players away at uh, at the Copa America and then the African Cup of Nations. You know, missing our whole strike force um, that wasn't helpful. Missing Kater, who then got injured. Shakiri was injured, so he wasn't there for preseason. So. We've had a lot of players not there, so the results themselves aren't so bad. I guess the thing that worries me more is the studded preseason for those players, kind of like what happened to you, what happened to Spurs after the World Cup with everyone coming back late. Mm. Yeah. So that's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not too, not too. Fu- yeah. The lack of signings and and that. That's yeah. Nearly bring that up. It is very very similar to what we had. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Um, but so not not too fussed about the results themselves. And then I think we played pretty well against Leon. You know, seeing Salah come back in, he was really sharp against them. Um, Firmino was good. Uh, I think that's that's pretty positive. Shakiri and Kater are back in training now, so that's fine. Uh, Signings-wise, before talking about the, the Charity Shield, I guess, um, yeah, I, I guess it's disappointing. Um, but... You know, Klopp alluded to it a few times that, you know, we can't just go out and spend money and, and then try to throw barbs at the, the PSGs and Man Cities of the world. But I, I can understand that even if we're close, you know, if we even though we're one point behind the champions, we can't just then go recklessly spending, you know, £70 million on another player who would be our fourth choice centre-forward centre to play across the line. So I can see why we're not doing that, but I guess I am disappointed at the cheaper alternatives that we could have got. Like Moyes King coming into Everton, I would have thought would be a, would have been a great buy for us. You know, young player did well at Everton. Twenty five to thirty million is probably you know what he'll go for. That seems great. Um, I know Sesson Young's obviously going to Spurs, but I just thought we might have tried to you know tried to throw our hat in the ring for him. He could have been back up to Andy Robertson and Mane on the left. Um, so not, I'm not fussed about our lack of signings, but I guess it's just disappointing that there are cheaper guys that we could have still gone for and obviously didn't bother with, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like you say, you can't necessarily go to that 50, 60 million um, spot again because your, your, your first 13, 14 players are... Set and it's kind of that similar spot to to where Spurs have operated, but there's got to be guys out there. Um, mm-hmm. You even look at oh, to a much lesser extent than than who you've mentioned already, but someone like Jose Perez going to to Leicester, mm-hmm. um, the the guy from AC Milan that's gone to Wolves. You know, there's guys in that twenty to thirty five million range that. Surely they're they're coming in and and can take the Sturridge minutes and yeah. be an actual um, pressure player for a starting spot at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you're right, and, and so much of that has been down to Klopp seemingly promising Ryan Brewster minutes. Um, now he, but he can't. I mean, he's not played any preseason across the line. He's played specifically in the Firmino role, so he can replace him, and that's okay. But you've got games. I, I you can just see that we're going to have games like we had last season, where Chelsea are one up at Stamford Bridge. Sturridge comes on, and scores his wonder goal. Brewster may become great, and she's. I really hope he does. But I just don't see him being someone we can turn to. You know, when we're down a goal and need one from somewhere. I, I don't see him as being that guy to be able to save us yet. 
you know? Yeah, look, it's it's tough with, with the academy. Um, you've obviously got you know, a lot of money that goes into it. So they, they do need to get their minutes in. Um, and there probably is no better way than than to just be a, a simple backup um, mm. to clear starters. But, yeah, like you say, you also want that, that insurance policy off the bench mm. not to be someone who's scored no Premier League goals in their, their lifetime yet. So, yeah. It does make it difficult. And I guess maybe that's where Shakiri comes in. Maybe he, we're thinking he gets yeah. more time. I mean, Origi's going to get time, but I, I've, I've never really been sold on him, apart from, you know, he obviously scored the great goals against Barcelona, and then the, the final goal in the final. Um, but I've never been particularly sold on Origi. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, like you say, Shakiri is the, the exact signing that you made last season that you'd be looking for again. And I guess he's he's um ex Stoke City teammate who's off to China and out of it would have mm. been that. Like just that thirty mil done it a million times, can do the spectacular. Mm. Like he would have been a perfect um option I feel that but not just for you guys, for for Spurs, I just can't understand why one of the top sides never Never just wanted to get him in for a couple of seasons there to probably play. attitude, particularly under Poch and Klopp. I mean, my I follow Stoke as well, and you know he agitated for a move out of Stoke, agitates for a move a couple of times out of West Ham. I think Poch and Klopp are probably just thinking he's not the kind of guy I want in my dressing room. Yeah, well, I think he he was always the big dog at those dressing rooms. Whereas yeah. he's coming in like Shakiri to be just a squad player. Um, you'd, you'd have to. It's only if he wants to sign in, sign up and do that, yeah. which Sikiri was fine with doing. Mm. If, he, if he thinks he's coming in to, to replace Firmino, then yeah, sure, you, you move on <laughs> from that idea. But um, if, he, if, if you could sell the dream to him that you might start 10 games and, and win a Premier League medal um, yeah. and become a Liverpool legend, look, we don't know what. He's off to China, so it's hard to... Hard to say that's that's going to appeal to him, but yeah, it's, it's probably got to appeal to him more than than running around at a West Ham or a, or a Stoke. No offence to two clubs, <laughs> yeah. Surely, then to player and potential Liverpool legend is is much uh, much bigger sell. Yeah, to get your attitude right than than West Ham. You'd hope so. Um, but anyway, and I guess the last thing is. Uh, Charity Shield overnight. I, I must admit, pretty disappointed we didn't win it. Even though it's a friendly, it still would have been a nice way to you know sign on for the season. Um, pretty terrible first half. I don't know if you caught it, but that was you know Liverpool just didn't come at all. And so it's not like City were much better, but they really didn't need to be because Liverpool just didn't bother at all. Um, Defence was really all over the show. Uh, actually, Alexander Arnold not great. Um, but then luckily our second half was outstanding. Um, played really well. Gomez was good. Van Dijk played okay. Um, obviously got the assist for, for Matip's goal. Salah, I thought, was really good. Constant threat. Um, kind of reminds me of Kane in the sense that although he didn't score and had a few chances where he should have, you just got to know that he, so long as he keeps playing like that, he's going to get chances and he'll score, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's So that's great. Um, the thing that frustrates me the most is just like the City game at the Etihad last season, you know, a bar hit, a crossbar hit, 
uh, cleared off the line, which if you haven't seen is probably the best clearance from Kyle Walker I've ever seen in my life. It was incredible. Um, ball bouncing off the line, but not quite over. Uh, you know, it's incredible how close we can get against them and not quite get over the line. Yeah, no, look, that, that um, they've shown now, I think it was at John Stone's the first time, and, and now this, this Walker clearance, mm. all that separates these two teams again this season could be, yeah, one point here or there. So, look, mm. I don't think there's, like you say, it's called the community shield, but it, it is just a glorified friendly, really. Yeah. Um, well, it would be good to win. I don't think there'll be any lingering effects of um, of the loss that way. No, and I think playing well in the second half plays well because, you know, it's a good bit of form. Played against yeah, City, right. I feel much better about playing Norwich on Friday now than I would have, you know, without the game, not without playing City as, as a final warm-up. No, definitely. Yeah. Mate, all right, well, that's mate, that's Spurs and Liverpool. We're both pretty positive going into this season. Yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're, we're both going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Top four, top three sort of um, domain. Um, whether or not there'll be the same heroics from, from Liverpool matching their record year on not last year, I think. They're, they're well and truly bedded into that definitely finishing top four. Um, and, yeah, you'd have to probably say Spurs are, would be considered favourites for, for third or fourth as well um, with their signings. So both in a, in a pretty positive mood. And so outside of our teams, who um, who's caught your eye in terms of putting up, you know, doing some good summer business in terms of transfers? Um, well, I... For, for a few different reasons, I'm going to go with a couple of sides that probably get sneaky under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start with Watford. Um, we haven't, have surprisingly, not done a lot, which I'm actually going to applaud. For <laughs> yeah. Loves to wheel and deal. Um, they got the Pozzo owners, and yeah, look, they've they've been really, really. Um, direct with who, what they're after. They needed a better centre-back. They've gone and got Craig Dawson from, from West Brom, who's a you know, proven Premier League quality defender. Um, but what they've also been able to do is sell a guy called Dodi Luke Bacchio for <laughs> roughly 18 or 20 mil to Hertha Berlin, who's never played a Premier League game for them. Wow. So, I'm going to applaud that as some magnificent business. <laughs> and whether or not they'll, they'll probably do something with that money in the next couple of days. But, yeah, look, I'm going to applaud them for, you know, some really good use of the loan market to sell a guy for a massive profit and then, yeah, buy a, a pretty dour but safe um, signing in Craig Dawson. Um and the other one I was going to, it was the other one I was going to call out was, um, oh Burnley. I've been again, just just the kind of underdog hidden gem type signings that I think will be perfect for the club for this club. I'm not going to say these two guys are are going to make team of the season or anything, but Jay mm-hmm. Rodriguez and Eric Peters coming in for a combined five or six mil. Yeah, it's um, cheap. It's cheap money. 
and then selling Tom Heaton for eight mil when you've already got Nick Pope and Joe Hart on your books. That's that's pretty good business. They've actually signed the young keeper from, as well from Leeds, uh, Peacock Farrell, for a couple of mil. So they've brought in three guys for the for Tom Heaton's fee, and that's how Burnley have to operate. Mm. Um, you've got to fund their own signings. So that's, yeah, you know, they're always, I think, signing these young or, or English keepers that will get enough game time that, you know, they become a, a pretty wanted commodity. I think Nick Pope's fee that was rumoured at some points of the window was around 30, 40 mil. Um, so they're probably already eyeing off selling him next summer mm. and this next guy coming through already. So, yeah, mm. hats off to them. Um, yeah, and I guess even no. just being a Premier League team and being able to pick up a guy like Jay Rodriguez for five mil, you know, it, it's amazing that the club didn't just whack a you know, 200% premium on the price just because they're a Premier League team, like um, like Aston Villa paying 20 mil for Tyrone Mings. Yeah, look, and like that was that was actually going to talk to another point of uh, a positive for me was, and I, I do tend to pick on him a bit, but uh, Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Was as just amazing. 24 mil for, for Tyrone Mings, um, who was more towards very good at Villa in the championship last season mm. but that's um, that's a great great deal for, for Bournemouth but also Lise Mousse remember the striker that Bournemouth have yeah who probably scored one goal <laughs> they managed to get about 10 mil from Sheffield United I know Inc- incredible really especially um, I mean yeah. how much money have Sheffield United spent is that their most expensive signing uh, it was till they signed the Swansea striker Oliver McBurney. Okay. Um, for about eighteen mil, so they've they've gone in and signed two strikers. They've already got a couple of strikers on their books. It's almost like they're hedging their bets on one of McBurney or Musa failing. <laughs> <laughs> That's eighty percent of their transfer. Imagine um, the manager. He come. He rolls in to training on the Monday. He's like, right. I know one of you two is gonna cock it all up. <laughs> So, so long as the other one he fires, we're all okay. Um, look, I'll, I'll actually touch that on that point in one other club I want to talk to real quick. But just back on before I want to finish off on Bournemouth, another good piece of business from them was uh, Philip Billing, the Huddersfield midfielder, defensive mm. midfielder. They got him in. And he, he looked pretty decent to me. So I thought he had enough quality and... Um, yeah, I think he, he adds a lot to to what um, Bournemouth are kind of lacking in. They've got, to, obviously, Jefferson Lerma, but just having that extra bite in midfield might make them uh, a little bit stronger defensively. So Yeah, that's a good shout. He got a lot of good praise, actually, didn't he, last season? Wagner was going on about him a lot for being how, for how great he was in that team. But he was very solid. Um, obviously, not, not a lot of quality around him. Yeah. Um, so... But yeah, I, I wasn't going to talk on to, about Everton, but you mentioned that point about um, I'm going to sign two of you, and one of you is going to work. There's a little bit about um, a little bit of that about the, the signings of Fabian Delph and Jean or Philippe Gambi. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Gambamin. Yeah, that sounds good. Midfielder. Um, 
well, and I actually really rate it though with how Everton have done this. They've yeah. bought in Dell for about eight mil, who they know what they're going to get for mm. maybe a year or two. They've brought in this other guy for twenty mil that Matt Lycan and Dombley. You're not going to get 38 good games out of him this season. Now he may flop completely, but even at best, he's going to be good for 20, 25 games. Mm. You've then got the cover of someone that you know is going to you know, be a seven out of ten more mm. often than not in Delft. So I just yeah, like I wasn't going to talk about Everton, but I just thought that was a an interesting um, observation you made, and we're laughing at Sheffield United doing it, but. I actually think it's it's working quite well um, up at Everton. Yeah, it's funny you mention Everton actually because I was actually going to put them as arguably my team. I reckon's done the best business um, in, in a sense. Because yeah. I, I think, like you said, I reckon Delft's a, a clever buy. You know, eight mil is so cheap. English, um, right attitude, pre- Premier League winner, multiple Premier yeah. League winner. Um, yeah. The only offset to that is, you know, they obviously had to replace Guy after he went to PSG, which $28 million for him seems so cheap. I don't know how they didn't get, you know, $40 million yeah, at least for him. I think he was out of contract at the end of next season, so it was oh, a... Oh, okay, one-year contract. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. But yeah, so replacing him with Delph, I thought, was a great move. Um, getting Keenan, great business as well, I thought. Um they got Gomez signed up permanently now. Andre Gomez in midfield, so that's that's another great signing for them. They managed to offload Jagielka, um, yep. which is which is bloody good in itself. Uh, I, I, I the yeah. only thing yeah. I'd have for them is that they couldn't get it to work for for both Lukman and Vlasic, very highly rated mm. young players who are both now off their books. Mm. Um, especially Lukman, I, I just can't get my head around. Obviously clashed with Silver quite a bit, but he's so highly rated. Yeah, he did look um, good too. Off, off to Leipzig and Vlasic, I just think probably wasn't a, a good fit for, for the Premier League as a whole, but I'm sure we'll be hearing about his name mm. for years to come in the Champions League uh, wherever he ends up next. You probably don't want to talk about these guys too much, but Arsenal... Um, I, that, you know, although they've spent money on attackers when they badly need defenders, they I, I don't know whether to think they've done great business because they only had 45 mil to spend and they've bought, you know, 110 million dollars worth of players, or they just dampened the expectations so much that when they did spend this money, which they might have always planned on spending, it was just oh, you guys are actually doing great, you know. So I can't tell whether they lowered expectations so that when they exceeded them, they actually looked okay. Or uh, or whether they yeah, or whether they've just sort of done par for the course and for some crazy reason are refusing to get rid of Mustafi. Well, it's it's a it's a weird one. Like obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of um, Pepe's work at at Lille. I saw a bit of League One kind of highlight shows, and he, he always seemed to stand out there. But mm. what I found interesting was the deal for Saliba and loaning him back. Mm. Yeah. Like, Desperately need defenders. You've got limited funds, and you're you're putting. I think they spent what twenty five mil on him. So that's over the forty five mil. Like they must be, like the forty five mil where that came from is beyond me. Cause they've spent twenty five on him. They've spent sixty five, seventy on on Pepe. Um. But yeah, then then you can't use him for twelve months. It's 
and you've you've got a clear deficiency in defence, and you've you've not addressed it at all. Um, no. Yeah, and I'm sure you know Sabalos and Pepe will, will will shine at times, but I think it's it's going to be another case of more of the same unless they find um find a defender from somewhere in the final <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, maybe they'll get um, Tierney over the line from Celtic. But he's, you know, I mean, you can't expect him to change, change your fortunes entirely. He's the Celtic left back. He's back up to Andy Robertson for Scotland. You know, it's not like he's going to transform your back line. Well, it's like we're saying, it's the centre backs that are the big issue there. So, mm. yeah, I, I hope it's, it's more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it is more of the same for Arsenal and they finish outside the top six, Emery sacked. I think so. I think if if they don't hold on to six and someone like Leicester or or Wolves catch them, what if they finish sixth or even fifth? Uh, depends how close. I guess they are. Yeah. They're still in the race for the top four, right to the end. I guess he probably stays. So mm. yeah, oh, I don't know. I I did think potentially he could go if they, they go really poorly, but I don't I don't see that. Arsenal, they'll, they'll hang about. Mm, yeah, you probably could be right. I mean, I guess it could be one of, like you said, one of those questions of have they got any big scalps? How are the team playing? Um, how they're doing the Europa League again? Presumably they'll do well there, you know? They've got so much attacking talent. The three of them will get into some form and go on some runs and, and they'll look, you know, top four bound at points of the season. Mm. But you know, over 38 games, it's going to, it's bound to catch up with them, this lack of defence. Mm. So, yeah, I'd be surprised um, if if they do make the top four. Yeah. And uh, for all you Chelsea fans who are listening, we're obviously not talking about you because you're unable to make any signings. Shame on Get you down. for breaking the rules. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> They did technically make a signing, uh, the permanent <laughs> signing, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which is probably even worse than if they got no one. <laughs> and then they brought in, they brought back about sixty-five loan yeah. so, <laughs> well, And that'll be that'll be an interesting team to watch this season. I actually think they'll do better than people are expecting. Um, uh, remember, I said I said on our preview show this time last year. Might have been our first ever episode. I thought Lampard to be coached by Christmas. Did you? Season. Yeah, right. So um, we'll have to trawl the archives to figure that out, mate. I'm not sure. Yeah, somewhere. I think it was our preview show. Whether that was our first episode that we did or our second or third, but um, yeah, I, I definitely didn't hold up uh, high hopes for Sari and expected this sort of situation where when mm. Lampard would get the job and. You have to use some of the youth like Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount. Mm, and, mm. yeah, I'm actually thinking they'll do better than people um, think. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's positive then. That's positive. Um, so all right. You're, we'll... allowed, you're allowed back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We may as well we're sort of shifting into any some. Other, any other clubs that transfer business that you wanted to cover off? What do you... What about your boys that you like, your whipping boys, United? What are your thoughts on 
Yeah. Well, I mean, much like Arsenal, they it's tough with United because what I was reading today was, which is again just more rumor. They're actually pissed off that um, that Bruno Fernandes, you know, team seem to be using them to sort of drum up interest in their players, and it's hard to tell with United because you do think that they do really get used a lot by clubs to promote their players when really there's no interest in the player at all. And, and Fernandez has seemed like one of those players to me that although he's got great goals in him and a great record last season, he's, he appeared to be one of those players that, and along with Pepe actually before Arsenal got him, where it seemed more like the agent was drumming up interest in them than the actual, you know, than any real interest from clubs. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, I think United have actually done okay. Their defence is shambolic. And getting Wan-Bissaka, who I think is going to be a great right back um, for the next, you know, 10 years probably. I think Maguire, although big money, is a great player. You know, money aside, I think he'll be he'll be helpful to them. Um, a great great in the middle of the middle of defence for them. Um, the only thing that's lacking for them now is they really need to get a midfield signing in. And presumably they haven't done that because they've spent all their time trying to convince Pogba to stay for some strange reason. Um, in an attack, they're doing whatever they can to try and make things difficult for themselves by not just signing a player and selling Lukaku, but making trying to use Lukaku in a swap. Um, yeah. yeah, about um, Tabala, which he's now turned them down. So yeah, it's a yeah a bit of a shambles there. And I'm reading that maybe Juventus want to try get the deal back going with Mandzukic. Yeah. Um, United, so yeah. What do you think? Do you reckon Pogba will be there come the end of the transfer window? I think so. I think it's too late now to get rid of him, and I just think that United have priced it. You know, whatever they're after, it's just unaffordable for Real. Even no matter how much money they've got, you know, there's no way you're paying over one fifty for Pogba, surely. Um, Yeah, he's he's a good player to have in the team. I mean, geez, he's. You know, what was he, top scorer, top assist maker, top passer, some crazy stats like that for Pogba last season. But I just, I don't know, I'd yeah. want him gone. If I was United, I'd be definitely trying to sell him. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy you really want leading the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what do you reckon, LA, see through the year or? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? You've um, kind of been here, but... Yeah, I mean... I don't think so. If I've got to choose a way, I think he'll be gone. Yeah. I don't. Um, I don't have much faith in him. Aside from how the players perform, you know what I mean. Like, in spite of how the players seem to play, because of Jose being a bit of a prick last season, I just don't think that Ole has the tactical ability to do what's necessary to get United fighting. So if you've got them doing okay in the Europa League, you know, making their way through, plotting their way through. I don't see them probably making the top four this season. I think he'll be gone. Yeah, about, no, what? I agree. Yeah? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, share your thoughts exactly there. I just just don't see a, a top four Premier League manager in him. Mm. <laughs> I think he, he kind of started to get ex- exposed towards the end of the season for, you know, kind of being, I guess... Um, Giving the keys to a Ferrari when when you're just learning to drive a little bit, yeah. you, know, you can show off and look flashy to begin with. But after a little while, you 
you kind of get shown to be a bit of a fraud. So mm. yeah, I'm I'm not expecting him to to probably be there by by the January transfer window. Yeah, and it's much down to just those characters they've got in the dressing room. Maybe they'll do okay at the start, you know, new season, new ideas, all that. But if they get a couple of losses, they just don't seem to be able to keep their head up. It just seems like stories come out about a bit of unrest mm. a lot more. Um, obviously, Ferguson never really dealt with that. He, he would tell the player before it got to that. But since then, it's, it's been a regular sort of thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, aside from that, we've talked about all the other big players, I think. Um, so you want to move into some predictions, mate? Put our put our money where our mouth yep. is for this yep. season. Definitely, definitely. Uh, let's go. You want you want to kick us off? As yeah. Well. All right. But so yeah, I, I reckon. What do we say? We'll do we'll do winners, top four, relegation, uh, golden boot, best and worst summer buy maybe. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, do you want you want me to kick us off? Yeah, kick yourself. I'm just just locating this. I've got it written written down on my laptop somewhere. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, I'm going to go with a real shocking prediction and say Man City are going to win the title. Um, I think they're probably going to win it easier than they did last season. I mean, geez, they can't win it much. But they, they can't win it any harder than they did last season. Uh, so I, I think they'll probably win by I don't know five to eight points maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, top four. I think it's going to be City. Line up now. Should we go? All right. We'll do winner, your winner, my winner, and then we'll just go them off against each other. All right. To see, see what our differences are. Um, and no difference <laughs> for, for this first one. I'm also going for City, um, and also probably going for for a much bigger um, margin, probably around that eight to ten points. I think. Yeah, with Liverpool. Did everything right last season, and a team to do that again. Um, like you're saying, with with a bit of a stuttering preseason and and whatnot, I, I just see the gap spreading. Um, we didn't talk about Man City's transfer business. Um, mm. They signed Rodri, who who looks you know pretty capable already to to improve on Delph. Um, well, yeah, to interchange with Fernandinho, I guess De Bruyne back. Yeah. Back and fit this season. Um, I think Jesus looks a little sharper. Mm, played well, um, play. He was brilliant at the Copa America. Yeah, so mm. look, I'm, I'm tipping them and and them to probably do it a little bit easier. So we're we're the same on that front, Sam. All right. So who you got for the top four? Uh, so I've got Liverpool and Spurs probably not far off them. So second, third. Not much between the two, and then I'm going for Chelsea to be fourth. Yeah, okay. You're super, super frank. You reckon he's going to do the business? I think he'll he'll hit the ground running. Um, I think they'll they'll falter as the season goes on, but I think they'll they'll be up there with the top three mm. for, for the for a large part of the season. I think at least until kind of that November December period, they'll be talked about with your Liverpool and Spurs and. City, and then I think, yeah, they might just fall away towards the end. Yeah, which is funny because that's pretty much how it played out for them the season being, right? Sorry, what was it, 13 games in a row without losing, I think? Yeah. Yep. They're yep. flying then, but yeah. Um, all right, mine, 
are pretty similar to you. I've certainly got City, then Liverpool, then Spurs. Um, I really struggled to pick a fourth here, I'm not going to lie. I really couldn't figure out who it was going to be. I was tossing up between Arsenal and Chelsea. I don't think United are going to be able to pull it off. Um, but I've actually gone with Arsenal. And I'm just doing really? it because I want to be angry at myself for choosing them for anything because their defence is going to be so shocking. But I'm just thinking that maybe that attack, you know, maybe they'll just be that team that are just the great entertainers this season where they'll win these some of these games 4-3. Um, if if Emery can somehow get Ozil playing in that team and you've got Aubameyang, Pepe, Lacazette and Ozil all firing, then that's a ridiculous front line. Um so yeah, maybe. I'll go with them. I'll go with them. Interesting choice. Mm. Uh, all right. So who are your picks then for who's going down? Yeah, this I, I'm, Newcastle are in there, mate. <laughs> Bloody Newcastle. Cool. We, didn't, we actually didn't talk about them on the transfer business. I've been pretty impressed. Oh, I know. It's, a, it's just a big F you to Rafa yeah. Benitez. It's the money that he's, he's gone chasing... Oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, it just it just doesn't make any sense, does it? What's actually playing it? It doesn't make any sense. To be fair, uh, he got thirty mil back by getting rid of periods, and there's, I mean, he can't start the season with literally no striker, which he was steering mm. down the barrel of. Um, I, I, I there, it's a championship team they've got there, and uh, they've got a championship at best manager in there, so. <laughs> So I think they're in some trouble. Um, I'm taking Aston Villa. I think they've signed too many players, just like Fulham did. Um, it's going to take them. Although their manager seems pretty good, you know, there's. I think there's going to be a bit too much churn happening there. They could find themselves in a bad run of form and then find themselves cut adrift a little bit. Um, and Sheffield United, they just don't seem to have really signed enough players or enough players of quality, you know, and maybe they're thinking consolidate, be ready for another promotion push with all the money next year, or I, I don't know, but that's how it sort of seems. Um, right, so yeah, well, we've only got, got one similar, um, you know, that, that is Sheffield United. Uh, not Newcastle. No, I'm, bit, I'm bullish on Newcastle, I think they'll be, look, oh, they'll be there and thereabouts, but now we've got them about 15. Um, and I've got Villa just making safety okay um, I right. do agree that they've probably gone too heavy with with the signings but I do rate oh, I said this about Fulham last year <laughs> I do rate um, these names that they've they've brought in and like a special shout out from probably an early football friend nomination for the best name in the Premier League Marvellous in Canberra <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge. That's a that's a good call. Um, yeah, I've got them just surviving. Um, yeah, I don't know much about a lot of these guys. They've signed a young defender from Brentford, who's I know do know in England, under twenty one scenes, very highly rated, and bring in Tom Heaton, who basically saves nearly everything. <laughs> I think might be the difference for them. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm going for Crystal Palace, who have gone the other way. Ooh, okay. To, um, have gone, have gone the other way to Aston Villa and signed basically nobody. Mm. Um, or nobody of note. Let me just just scroll up here. I know they've they've brought in the big money from um, Wan Bissaka going out, but mm. 
the only incomings, Jordan Ayew, who basically gets relegated nearly yeah. where he goes. And we're, one thing we can bank on is Benteke does not score goals. Yep. Sorry, mate. You're uh, we're having some technical difficulties. Oh, there you go. You're back. Back. You're back. So, yeah, I'm not sure if you caught that. The other side I've got going down, who I've actually got finishing last, is Brighton Hove Albion. Oh, okay. Um, you got to remember, this is a team. Obviously, change of manager, um, Chris Hutton going, who I thought was pretty dogged and dour and and did enough to get get points, but he's gone. Um, it was a team who finished last, and they have basically signed nobody of note. Twenty four year old centre back from the championship for about eighteen million. And then a, a winger from the Belgian league. Um, just doesn't strike me with a lot of confidence that they're going to improve. So yeah. I've got them going down. There, there's high hopes of the new manager, though. You know, he did great at Swansea last season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's not the sort of league that sits around and lets a, a team grow, I guess. Like, if they get on a bad run and you know he's trying things on training ground formation tactics it's mm. the league just moves too fast for that mm. um, it's going to come down to you know can they pick up his system very quick and never get into this battle at all mm. otherwise yeah if they, they the season and hover in that that zone I just don't think there's enough quality to see them out mm. yeah and, uh, yeah, but, yeah, maybe. And like you say, I guess you start losing some games, you start spiralling, you're just not picking up the points. Okay, big calls there. No, that's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, who you got for Golden Boot, mate? Jordan Ibe? Uh, no, not Jordan Ibe, <laughs> not least Moose, hey? I'm going with a pretty boring option, uh, Aguero. Yeah, okay. Not not doubling down on Harry Kane. No, I think I think he'll he'll share the load a little bit this on this season. Yeah. A bit more than usual. So yeah, and like he's he's bound to, to have an ankle injury at some point. Yeah. Customary November, December ankle injury. Yeah. yeah. Um well I'm going for a city man oh. too, but I'm banking on Raheem Sterling doing the business again this season. Ooh, interesting he, choice there. Yeah, he, he's just knocking them in. And the way that Pep's got them playing, he seems to take on so much mm. of the load. Aguero's getting a bit older, so maybe he won't play as much or get injured a little bit more maybe. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I'm going Raheem. I reckon he's going to get about 25. Yep, yep. I, th- I, I wouldn't put it past him. He's in my he's in my starting fantasy team as a, a must-have. Um so yeah, look, I'm I'm definitely buying that. So it'll be interesting to see. We've we've I've got these written down, so we can re- revisit this at at the end of the season. See who's who's come up trumps with with these predictions. Gosh, you get to nominate a shot for every every one we get correct. 
<laughs> Not that we condone drinking uh, on this show. No, nah, we do. <laughs> yeah, 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 we definitely do. Um, um, any other predictions we wanted to go? Best and worst signing. How about that? Who have you got? Yeah, best signing. I don't know if this counts, but Yuri Tillman's to Leicester. Does it count saying he was there last season? I'm going to say it is anyway. Um, I think he was yeah. great business for 40 mil. Incredible that no one else was really in for him, I thought. Um, particularly United. thought United could have done with him. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to go with him. Uh, but I'm giving out honourable shout-outs to Harry Maguire, Pepe. I think Fabian Del for 8 mil is great business. And I reckon Lloyd Kelly uh, moving to Bournemouth could be the next James Madison. Interesting. Mm. Very mm. interesting there. That's mm. a little underrated one from you there. So I I rate that. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a one that, that pains me to say, but I'm probably going to go Pepe as as the best signing. Yeah, you're um, confident. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's going to actually go past Lacazette and be the clear number two man at at Arsenal and very quickly. Um, mm. So I've yeah, got big, big raps on him. Um, another one I'm going to – this is probably going to be my egg on face moment that we can <laughs> revisit. I'm really going to wrap up Alan St. Max, Maximine from Newcastle. I think he's going to be – very exciting. Is that just because um, he wears Gucci headbands? Yeah, well, that's now been changed to Slazenger. Did you see? <laughs> Sports Direct Slazenger. <laughs> nice, so, good, some, some good cross promotion uh, there. Yeah, he's he's my um my Smokey from from a, a smaller club, and then a special mention to. Well, I've already mentioned one of their signings, but. Couple of Leicester signings. One for the best name, uh, <laughs> James Justin, who they signed from Luton Town. Yeah, right back. Um, and obviously, special mention, my boy Ayotse Perez, who also in my fantasy team. Um, massive raps for him, as you know. So, yeah, good to good to see him get a move away from Newcastle to show his thing. Um, I think he'll he'll do very well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Off, uh, do you think they'll play two up top with Vardy and him both up there? Yeah, I think he, he'll play in behind him. Um, mm. Not really as a midfielder or a playmaker, but just that that kind of second striker role. Yeah. Yeah, so, and not uh, like Brendan Rodgers to and, lose his best defender and then probably spunk it all on attackers, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's got Tarkowski lined up, yeah. I think, yeah. which will be a pretty good signing, even though, yeah. He'll probably turn him into a, <laughs> uh, a very interesting um, looking defender. But yeah, and I guess we've already mentioned who I, who I think the worst signing of the league, which will be Lise Mousse. <laughs> Jeez, he's been getting a spray from you this episode, mate. I'm going to pull up his stats, Sam, and you can, I'm going to justify myself. <laughs> I think I need, but I'm going to. He has stats. What's he done? All seasons. I, I slated this signing when Bournemouth signed him. I just can't believe they made a profit on <laughs> on him. He scored one goal last season. 
than 345 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Uh, season before, he scored two goals from 580 minutes. The season before that, he scored no goals <laughs> from 265 minutes. They signed him from League Two, where he scored 14 goals in 28 games. So he scored, so he scored enough, 17 but... goals as a professional, ever. <laughs> so, you know, 17 league goals, he's just gone for 10 mil. Yeah, that's, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, um, if I was picking worst, I think it's going to be whoever ends up panicking and buys Mario Balotelli on a free. <laughs> I when they realise how bad Moose is. <laughs> um, but if not him, I'm going for another mid-season continued purchase and say Kovacic was shockingly bad at Chelsea. So to make his deal permanent for no reason, he was terrible. But maybe that's the way that Sari had him playing. Yeah, yeah it's the Sari. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it'll be decent this season for him. Ross Barclay. Yeah, he could be better. He's been pretty good in preseason. Yeah, I reckon he'll come good. Um, but yeah, so Kovacic, I think he's going to be poor. I mean, geez, I'm factoring in the fact he cost, what was it, 40 or 50 mil? Yeah, about that. And that, so that's crazy money for him, really. Um, I guess when you can't sign anybody, maybe, like, and none yeah. of the loan returnees are, are midfielders. How many goals you got? For, how many goals you got for Christian Pulisic scoring for them this season? I'm gonna go with six. Six? I would not even. I was thinking double figures, maybe a dozen, twelve. Because they're gonna they're gonna Who's they? They're gonna give the ball to someone. That is true. That is true. But I just don't, just don't see it. Um, I'm not sure why. You don't have much it's faith in him, or. You just think well, they'll, they'll yeah, change. Sort of four, goals in, four goals last season in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Quite injured. Um, to sort of, yeah, but yeah. still, I, I just don't. He's still a young, he's only 20. I, I, I think 20 years old now. Yeah. That makes me feel yeah. old. Um, I don't think seven goals is a bad season from him. I, think, yeah. I just don't think he's going to, to be the guy to, to put them on. On his shoulders, like Hazard often did. Sure, he doesn't even put it on their shoulders. But do you think? Are we really at the stage where what was it, fifty-five mil gets you seven goals? Our oh, first season, yeah, it's not not terrible. Yeah, it's not great for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, for a twenty-year-old. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, yeah, okay, mate. Well, this is where you earn your keep. I think. Ah, yep. Yeah, it's it's multi time, isn't it's, it? It's it's multi time. So for those of you, yeah. Yeah, do you want to give a little? No, mate, you, you, this is your time to shine. I know. Just run us in a little intro for our listeners. Find the bet. Yeah. Okay. Well, listeners, this is the payoff for uh, for you guys, I suppose. That each week Justin pulls together a very scientifically organised multi that has a high chance of winning. Um, if you are smart enough to put this multi on and listen in each season, you're probably bound to be up money, uh, which is obviously a bonus. And we want you we want you to make some free money, basically. 
Yep. So the numbers side of this, basically, if you put 10 bucks a week on, follow these bets, you're bound to get 380 by the end of the season. <laughs> that's, that's our promise to you. <laughs> and we're starting with a good one here that could almost get us three quarters of the way. On <laughs> our good friends at sports, but it's about 25 bucks paying. The 25 to 1, um, it's, look, it's early season. I, I do like to follow the form table, so be, don't be alarmed if, if the first three or four don't get up or, or seem a little outlandish. This is what you just do as you're, you're kind of testing the market out a little. So for this with week, you. it's a six-league, all-Premier League, multi. Um, I'll start off with some easy leagues to explain. So... Go for Watford to get the win over Bright at home. Mm -hmm. um, we've already spoken a little bit about those two two sides. Um, transfer business a little bit. Um, I'm going to go for Arsenal to get the win against Newcastle. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much a given with Steve Bruce. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to stay up, huh? No, they'll stay up. They'll, they'll get their way. Um where are we going to go next? Next, Crystal Palace, Everton. I'm just going to go for the over two and a half goals in this one. I'm, I'm expecting goals on the opening day. So, and look, I don't have the, don't have the stats. I mean, I was going to look it up, but maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> I expect there'll be goals on the opening day. So going over two and a half there. I'm also going over two and a half at the Bournemouth Sheffield United game. Expecting goals at that one. Mm hmm. Um, and then I'm going for, for wins for Liverpool and for Man City, which are probably not worth doing on their own. But what I've added in is a win and over one and a half goals to be scored in the match. Mm. Um, basically means 2-1, 2-0. That'll get you the um, the win there. And I'm, I'm expecting Liverpool and, and City to... Well, more so Liverpool to do their, their win comfortably. Um, mm -hmm. And for, for the City, um, I wouldn't surprise me if uh, West Ham do grab a goal, but it's a 3-1 City sort of scoreline there. Mm -hmm. So they're the six legs. And, yeah, for me, at, at the time of doing this bet a couple of hours ago, I was paying 253 bucks. So pretty good. For a tenner. For a tenner, yeah. That's pretty good. I'm on board certainly with, uh, I think there'll be goals in the Liverpool game because they haven't kept any clean sheets. So they're likely to be, Norwich are likely to get in and Man City don't do games where they don't smash teams by three goals. Which is, is uh, Suarez's old bunny, so I'm expecting a Salah hat-trick. <laughs> yeah, that would be great if it's, uh, if it's a repeat like that, another halfway, halfway goal. I'm actually going to look up match day one. Sure. What? How many games were over two and a half? Do you think they've got that kind of feedback for us? Hey, do you think they have that kind of record available to us? And yeah, Google anything these days. <laughs> All right, give it a try. So match day one, there was one, two, three, four, five. Five out of ten, but there was a lot of high-scoring games. Yeah, okay. So that's I reckon a... these were the sort of games that you'd expect to be high-scoring too. Mm. And you're the getting ones that weren't. 
you're getting more confident. You're getting more attacking managers in the league, so it's probably not a bad shout. Yeah, and look, the games that weren't were things like West Brom, Bournemouth, which never would have picked Southampton, Swansea. Mm. So look, I'm, I'm more confident now than I was. <laughs> Ten <more> seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, mate, well, that brings the curtain down on our first episode of Season 2. Who would have thought we'd be oh, renewed for a second sure. season? It's incredible. <laughs> wow. You know, we've got, we've got uh, pretty accepting bosses. That, <laughs> that we do. That we do. They gave us the creative license to go forth and do as we please. Yep. No, it's been a, been a pleasure. Re catching up Premier League. It's back next week. It's back, baby. Sorted out my, my temporary New Zealand pass to, to watch <laughs> Spurs Aston Villa. Does that count as just finding a legal stream online or do you not support that? Uh, no, never would support that, Sam. I good. don't know. You can just sign up for a seven-day seven day trial. So oh, that's good. It works out perfectly. Yeah. Um, Sign up and leave the country. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, mate. Well, I guess we can uh, check in next week and hopefully wins for Liverpool and Spurs. Yep, and, and the multi. And the multi, more yeah. Importantly. More importantly, the multi. <laughs>